everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money has no preference. It goes wherever you tell it to. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Ah, great, man, because it's afternoon, so I have an Allagash Triple Reserve, mm. and I'm constantly upping it, so this one's 9% APV. <laughs> uh, approaching 18. The Allagash Tripel, the triple. Not That's bad. Right. I, I'm it's tasty. I, I drove over to Starbucks when we took our little break here during the day, and my mom gave me a bunch of these $5 Starbucks gift cards for free, so I've been racking up these uh these coffees that's awesome thanks mom but it's all gone unfortunately uh so guys money has no preference it goes where you tell it to that's sent in by our friend daniel merrill at the duke daniels his twitter handle and you can send in your catchphrases for the show to our twitter handle which is at money matters man i feel like he's uh famous now he is (laughs) he cranks out a catchphrase almost every night like i get a catchphrase from him via twitter almost every night so keep sending them in i'll keep reading them it's going to happen. Uh, we're going to talk to two guests today. We have two guests on the show, although I'm not going to consider it a roundtable episode. We just have two guests. And they are Todd Berkeley and John Young. Todd Berkeley has a website called AskMrHSA.com, and John Young has a site called ConsumerDriven.com. And we're going to talk today about HSAs, which are health savings accounts. So, Todd and John, how are you today? And what are yeah. you drinking? Doing great. What do you guys have to drink there? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, espresso coffee. But mm. I brought my cool friend along who has something a little bit more. Uh, I, I'm j- actually drinking a, a, a low ball of potato vodka and grapefruit juice. Pot- I think some people call that a greyhound, but I just like referring to it as the huge. How do you f- <laughs> how do you find <laughs> potato vodka? Well, there's only there's a few really good makers of potato vodka. The, the most that you'd find at a bar normally would be Chopin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is outrageously overpriced. Mm. Uh, any liquor store, if it's good, will have a Luxusawa uh, or other potato brands. But it's a smoother vodka than grain alcohol, and that's why I like it. Is it a Polish thing? No, it's not necessarily Polish. There's a Utah uh, manufacturer. There's one in Pennsylvania really? called the Boyd and Blair that's kind of a peppery potato. Um, anytime they do potato, you know, vodka's supposed to be odorless and tasteless. Yeah. That's how it's made. But anyone who does any taste testing or tries to do these in martinis will tell you the mouthfeel with a potato vodka is much better than grain. A little bit more viscous. Yes. Mm. And I, speaking of espresso, because I, I drink espresso, is it uh, like an Italian dark espresso with a little lemon wedge in there? Um, oh, no lemon wedge. No yeah. lemon wedge. Yeah, yeah I could have done that. It's whatever came out of his machine. Yeah, I know <laughs> espresso things that have those pods of various intensities i gave him one that's called darken which is a 11 intensity out of a scale of 10 this wow. one goes up to 11 wow <laughs> crank it up to 11 look at it. wow well you'll be wired in about what 15 minutes or so <laughs> yeah. yeah okay good it's go down pretty fast yeah just to drink it fast so he's got he's got an accelerant i've got a depressant it's going to be a good conversation yeah, yeah. it's like drinking <laughs> red bull and vodka all right so uh let's talk about hsas what is i mean let's basic basic stuff here what is an hsa in a nutshell an hsa is a health savings account Mm -hmm. and uh and and it's very simplest form is just a savings account that's really all it is it's a savings account usually has an investment option it's tied to a high deductible health plan or an hsa qualified plan 
And uh, so you have to have a certain kind of insurance to put your money in to the HSA in order to spend it tax-free on your out-of-pocket expenses. Mm -hmm. And I'll add that it's the best freaking thing ever created because the money people put in goes in before tax. Right. As the money grows, it grows tax-free. And when you take that money out for health care expenses, it's also tax-free. There's not an investment in the world like it. Like So everyone that's in 401ks, when you put your money in, it's tax-free. <laughs> well, it's not crap. Those are, things. Those oh, are good, good things. Okay. But you know, <laughs> and it grows tax-free. These are better because yeah. when, when you when these things grow tax-free, but when you take them out, then they're taxed at the prevailing rate. Now, and so when you take them out, it's tax-free, and it also gives you the flexibility because you are in control. If, if you take it out for something that's not medical, then you are taxed. You get a, also a penalty to it, but it's still your choice of how you want to use that money. It's your money. It's always your money. Hmm. It doesn't belong to the employer or or anyone else. It belongs to you. And frankly, and, and the premiums are lower because they're higher deductible. So instead of sending your money to the insurance company, and maybe you get some of that back in form of claims, you save your money and you put it into your HSA. It's and the, it's your money. It's rock and roll. It's sticking it to the man. It's taking the insurance money and <laughs> putting it in your pocket. That's what it is. But it's a government account, right? Yeah. Well, and, and the, and the, and the, well, it's a government. It's it's allowed and cre the government created a sandbox. So it it, mm. it it exists within the rules, mm -hmm. but it is the best possible way for people to save money for healthcare expenses, and especially future healthcare expenses that we've got going. Right. Yeah. So if I want to put five thousand dollars in, is that possible? Are you are you married? I am. If you oh. have one other person on your health plan, yes, it's possible. So, like, what? I guess what I, I thought you're going to tell me no, because it was going to be over the limit. So, like, what? Nope. What are the kind of the limits? Well, there's a there's a limit for individuals, and there's a limit for families. Or, and a family is defined as more than one person on the underlying health plan. So, you have to be currently enrolled in a uh, high deductible health plan in order to be eligible to put money into an HSA. It has to be a high deductible. It has yes. to be high deductible. I'm going to find those It's uh, kind of like if, if we're going to give you this amazing opportunity to put money in pre-tax, gross tax-free, ticket out tax-free, you have to have a certain qualified medical plan, mm -hmm. right? So it's not what the, the, the plans of our youth, these co-pay plans, those kind of go away. Now it's, it's a different kind of a plan design. But your question originally was how much money can you put into it? And we'll tell you right now. In this year, and it gets it changes every year. Sure, but of if course. You're, but if you're single, it is. It is thirty three hundred if you're single. Okay. And if you're a family. Well, if you are covered by a HSA plan, it only includes you. Yes, basically. Okay. And if you are a family, it is sixty five fifty. Oh wow! Now get this for the for your audience's parents that are over fifty five. They get to put in an extra $1,000 a year if they want. So it, Each person. Remember, this is all tax-free. You know, and it's taxed before it's federal. And only in a few states it's, it's post-state tax, but it's normally before state tax, and it's before uh, Social Security tax. Their 401ks that people are on, the money that goes into a 401k comes in after Social Security tax, which is a, which is a ding of about 7.65%. So HSAs actually are a better tax vehicle for, for in, in many cases, the best strategy for people saving money is to do both. Hmm. And to do your HSA first, 
Well, mm. actually, here. Well, we're getting the advanced topics already, but yeah, yeah well, I would say lay it on us. Uh, get your match for your four hundred one k. Sure, right? that's that's one hundred percent return. Yes, right? right. Stop there. Fully fund your HSA. Then go back and 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 work on the rest of your four hundred one k. And the, the cool thing about this is that it's that HSA is the individuals. If they leave an employer, and a lot of folks do, they don't stick with an employer more than a few years sometimes, And right. but they are able to take that with them. It's not something that stays. It's portable. It's completely portable. And that's because it's attached to the, uh, what do you call it, the, the high deductible insurance plan. Right, but let's say I leave an employer. I, I work for XYZ that gives me one of these HSAs, and I leave them, and I've got, I've got $2,500 in it. And I go to em- employer ABC that does not offer the same kind of plan. I still can take that HSA with me. The only way I could put money into it is if that employer had a comp, you your, know, a your plan. next employer has the next, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you bought on the individual market. Yeah. How do you define a high deductible plan? Is that like five hundred dollars? Is that like eighty thousand dollars? You know, well, where's again, the- our, our friends at the IRS do the defining for us, and they change it every year. Yeah. So this year uh, for 2014, uh, self-only contract is 1250 minimum deductible, and for a family contract, 2500. Now, a lot of people, when they first face this fact, they think, "Well, wait, wait a minute. You want me to have a deductible of 1250 on me? I don't even have that on my car, and you want that on me?" Right. You know, it, so they think of it as being daunting or. Like, oh my gosh, this is not really good coverage. But if they really saw the bigger picture, the value of the HSA coupled with this insurance, the cheaper the, the insurance, the less costly of that insurance, and the, the fact that these HSAs allow people to save money on a tax-free basis, they would see the value, the, the growing value of this, uh, of this kind of approach. Yeah. Plus, most employers will throw in some contribution to help you, you know, to seed the account particularly in the early years. And uh, so they may throw in 500 bucks or a thousand bucks into your account to help you pay for the first part of those expenses. I want to take two scenarios. So we have uh, Andrew who has a job, he has an employer, he has a 401k, he has insurance to that company, I imagine, right, Andrew? Mm-hmm. And uh, so what is somebody like Andrew who has a job with an employer, uh, he gets a high deductible insurance account. Now I don't even know, or insurance plan, and Andrew, I don't even know what your plan is. Do you even know what your deductible is on your insurance? I, I think it's about fifteen hundred. So it's high, right? Mm-hmm. So it's over the, the limit. Do you know if your plan is available to, to uh, tack on to an HSA? So I actually do have an HSA. You do. And my, my employer, I think, contributes like twenty five cents on the dollar for everything that I put in. Oh, oh really? Sweet. Nice. Sweet. And are you maxing that out? So uh, I actually don't know. I'm maxing out the contribution that they will give to me. So I, I did it up to the limit, and then I didn't do any more that they won't give me free cash. Mm-hmm. But uh, Oh, you've got your thinking. We've got you thinking. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I have a question because you say the limit is 33 – I think you said 3300 for an individual. Yes, yeah, so you're the only person covered on your health plan. Is that right? Uh, I am now. Soon it will be my wife as well. But I'm, I'm curious – does the employer contributions count towards that 33 or is it my third? It does. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's easier to reach it. 
So that would include what your employer puts in. Your grandma can put money in. Uh, it can be wellness uh, payments for hitting you know, targets. They can put money into your HSA. Uh, you get all the tax benefit for whatever is put into your account, but your limit is 3300 and you've got to monitor that to make sure you don't go over because you could have multiple accounts, et cetera. If my grandma puts in $500 for me, who claims the tax benefit of that? You do. Really? So my grandma making no money can pay an HSA for me and reduce my taxable income? Yeah, just cut her, cut her lawn once in a while. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm, now nice I'm like person. flabbergasted because that's a damn good deal. <laughs> it is. Yes. And, and the, 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 the other part that – and just, just to kind of make sure that this isn't too foggy mm-hmm. is that – the banks that do this and do this well will keep you up to date on what you've put in, what you've paid out, all of that stuff. It will help you manage the whole process. These are called HSA custodians. It's not true that every bank can do this for you. There's, there's certain organizations, certain banks that do this, certain, certain that do not. Right. So Andrew's all set up with his thing, right? Yep. How does somebody who's not set up with it get started with that if they, they set, have a job with, set, with, a, with an insurance plan? So they buy your book. Right. Well, they, <laughs> they send us each what? <laughs> I think you've had too much vodka. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. He's had one um, too many. But I am ready, ready to talk. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I forgot what your question was. I'm so excited. So, I, yeah. So, uh, you know, Andrew's already set up, but what about somebody who uh, has a job and isn't set up? How does he, how does someone even go about it? Is it just going into your HR uh, person's yeah, office yeah, so, and saying like, set me up, dog? Yeah, exactly. So first of all, is you have to have the insurance. So if you're not, if they don't offer that kind of insurance at your job, mm-hmm. um, you can be covered by your wife's insurance. So then have to be, you don't have to be the primary insured. Oh, so you could be on a family plan. So like, if you add your wife onto your plan, she could open up her own HSA. Or you could have, or you could put a family limit in the, in your one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are unemployed or self-employed, like we are, you go out and buy an insurance policy in the individual market, and just make sure you buy one that's HSA qualified. Um, and so that's the first thing: is you got to be covered in order to, to be eligible to contribute. Then to contribute, you can you can have your HSA anywhere you want. Now, generally, most people get them through their employer, right? Mm-hmm. They, they sign up for the employer plan. The employer says, we've got something worked out with this bank. We're going to use them. And our money is going to go into that. So if you want your free money, you've got to open up a, an account with this bank. And they actually make it very easy for you, the ones that do it well. Uh, they'll just take your insurance information, shoot it over to the bank in a big batch file, and everybody gets their accounts opened all at one time. And these are like normal banks, Citibank, yeah. Wells Fargo, yes, those kind of a, banks, or is it specialized? Big players, about twenty big players. Some uh, big household names: Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Bank of America are very big players. Um, some aren't. Um, I don't okay. think Citibank even offers a, an HSA. They used to, and they got out of the business. Um, there's thousands of banks that offer a simple HSA, and the tax savings are the same whether it's a simple HSA or a or a well done one. But uh, the 20 big custodians out there do a lot of good things that help the employer understand how things work, help give you a lot of tools to get that money out, mm-hmm. give you a lot of uh, ways to track your money and help you prepare, uh, just in all different kinds of ways. But um, uh, good websites and so forth, both for you and the employer. Right. But but generally. If someone was with a hired and working for an employer, yeah, that custodian, that bank that has the HSA is already established. 
The individual yeah. really doesn't have to worry all That's about the easiest much. way to it's, do it. It's, yeah. it's just to do it right through that. The differences aren't that great. Uh, aren't that huge at this point, although we're starting to see some good uh, differentiation in the marketplace. So basically, they'll make it real easy for you through your employer. I'm sure they help you understand, say, just check this box, we'll open up a bank account for you. Uh, they'll set up the ticket out of the payroll. They did all of it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I just said yes. Now, they'll, right. offer, they'll also give you a chance, and it sounds like you may not have taken advantage of this, to take it up to the top, to take it up to the 3300 limit, in your case, uh, with ex- additional payroll deductions, just like you would out of a 401k, right? Yeah. Uh, so you could do that, and you should be able to go back to your employer even mid-year and say, I want to bump up my uh, payroll deduction up to the limit and say, how, you know, figure out how much you've, you would have to take out to get up to that $3,300 limit by the end of the year. Can, can I get to interject something that's really important? here. A lot of people are used to these things called flexible spending accounts. They put their money in and they have to use it or they lose it. Like right. Use it within the year or something. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And we want to make this very, very, very clear. HSAs, you put the money in. If you don't use it, it just keeps accumulating. It keeps gone. It's, it's, a, it, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It just keeps on rolling. And that's very, very important. That's safety. And that's security, mm-hmm. and you they don't have to worry about spending it down and, and things like that, okay? So if th- that could have been in your head in a way of saying, okay, I'm going to limit what I put into this HSA because I, you know, I, I might not want to lose any money that I put into this thing. But remember, when you put more money in, it keeps you up to the limit, stays so with you. If you have a plan that affords, like, allows you to do an FSA, the, the flexible one you were talking about, yep. does that mean that you're pretty much – guarantee the ability to also do an HSA if you wanted? Or are there situations where you might only be able to do like the FSA? Well, um, yes, there are many situations where you're only allowed to do the FSA because many employers don't offer an HSA qualified plan. Mm. An FSA can be attached to any plan. Right? Ah, so you're saying as long as it's high deductible, you could be in an FSA, but then you'd be able to go to an HSA. If that plan allows it. Right, yeah, right, right. Uh, another caveat is FSAs and HSAs cannot work together except mm. in a special form. So if you have an FSA, that's actually considered a health plan by the IRS, and that disqualifies you from putting money into an HSA. Got huh. it. Unless it's only limited to dental and vision and preventive care. So, so uh, I'm yeah, curious because uh, they're pulling it out of my uh, uh, my check pre-tax, and they're, they're putting it into the HSA. Um, yep. Just like a it, 401k. Right. Okay. Uh, If I was so interested, you know, say I had that gap of like $500, you know, to reach my limit, can I just put in $500 and then I'll get taxed back later? Yep. Yep. You can do it that way. Uh, So you can either, the best way to do it is run it through your payroll if you can. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is now you'll save FICA as well. Social security tax. Mm. Yeah. 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 Social security tax. Both you you and your employer will save that social security tax. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, or you can just send in a check to the bank for that extra $500. And actually you have until uh, tax day, until April 15th of next year to do that. Mm-hmm. So you could even do that right when you do your taxes to top off your HSA for last year. Yeah, right. I did that. Th- I did that uh, personally this year. Yeah. I waited till April 15th, put a bunch of money in that, that offset my last year's taxes. So in that case, the way it's taxed is like your 401k your contributions through payroll will just show up as less income. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll, you've already automatically gotten your tax savings, but for the amount that you put in, you take a deduction on the front, just like you would an IRA contribution. 
Now, the thing is, we, we recognize that insurance and banking and stuff like that could seem extremely boring mm. to normal people. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of people get frustrated with the whole notion of having to take more responsibility for themselves with healthcare or even with banking. But this is kind of the convergence of areas of our lives that if we take care of now at a younger age, it gets much easier later, which is not a, like a normal tendency to, to defer gratification. It's instant gratification is a big thing for mm-hmm. younger people. But frankly, taking care of our health and financing for future concerns through these HSAs it's probably the smartest thing people could ever do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and the I have, earlier you start, the better. I have a selfish uh, question. Yes. I have many after you. So. Do you? Well, do you want to go first? Because mine no, are, no. Mine are about self-employment. I, mine were also about self-employment. All right. Well, then maybe I'll just take this one if you don't mind. Go. All go right. for it. So I'm self-employed. <laughs> I do not have health insurance currently. That may be stupid. Yes. Because it's legal. It's illegal. Yep. Yes. Uh, but what happened? <laughs> I can hear the sirens now out front. Uh, it's, it's, it's good this isn't recorded. <laughs> thanks, Obama. Uh, but I was, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, it was actually uh, March thirty first. Right, was the deadline to sign up, and I started signing up on April first, thinking, oh, I missed a deadline, but I'll just sign up on April first. Didn't realize that. No, it's shut down. You're screwed. Done. Yeah. Right. Well, so I had to married or something like that. Yeah. So uh, my all my information's in the in the website on healthcare.gov. And the only reason I didn't do it right away because I waited. I wanted to wait until everyone was finished with the bullshit that was going on with the the website and the oh. news. And I was like, all right, I'll wait till that passes and then I'll do it. Well, turns out can't do it. Uh, so I have to wait until the next enrollment period, which I believe is in November. Uh, yes, after the election, conveniently. November after the election, right? Yeah. Great. They, Wonderful. They wised up this time. Yeah. So I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna sign up. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get a very high deductible account, and then how do I get an HSA? I'm just. Uh, I don't have an employer. Now, all right. Let me ask you. You're okay. gonna do this through the through the state you live in. Is is it the federal program or is it what state do you live in? I live in New Jersey. New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey, South Jersey, right outside of Philly. Just kidding. Oh. Just doing, doing an old, old, old bit. Old bit. <laughs> Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> so, uh, Jersey, are they part of the feds? Uh, you know, I am not sure. I think okay. they are, yeah. Okay. I think they are run by the Fed, no. uh, really facilitated exchange, whatever. Well, my uh, expert opinion is you're screwed. Really? Yeah, <laughs> so, basically, what you do is you. I'm screwed just living in New Jersey, so I get that. <laughs> so, one of the things I did is some research on this because we were, you know, we were concerned as an industry uh, going into the whole health reform thing. Is actually it's done more to bring uh, high deductibles to the fore yeah. and people, you know, just the debate itself has helped people be more aware of rising health care costs and that the employer can't pay for it anymore and mm-hmm. so forth. But uh, basically, about twenty percent of the offerings on the federally facilitated exchange, those thirty-six states that the feds ran. Um, about 20% of the offerings were HSA qualified. Uh, they were cheaper, uh, like 11% cheaper uh, on average, but they weren't always marked. So uh, in about half the time, I could see HSA right in the name. Yeah. It's real obvious. Uh, other times, the HSA plan is an HSA plan, but it doesn't say HSA in the name anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, the Advantage plan, that's the one that's HSA. So you, you might have to call uh, the insurance company to find out which ones are HSA qualified and which ones aren't mm-hmm. before you pick it. And then once you pick it, uh, they may they may offer you a package that says, here's the bank we work with, 
If they don't, then you can just go out to any bank or you can go to uh, uh, actually a site that I know of called HSA Search that's run by a uh, friend of ours uh, that we can search for different options. All the big ones are out there. All small ones that might be in your area are out there and you can kind of compare prices and uh, you know, who's paying the most interest, who has the best investment options, who has the lowest fees, all that kind of stuff. And now, right. but, but, okay. but this is really important. What And Todd's being polite. The the federal exchange system, the state exchange systems don't naturally like how you know how we, when we're on Amazon.com and we do something that just naturally knows what to tell ask us next. Mm-hmm. So you pick an HSA qualified plan. The federal exchange doesn't say, "Oh, well, you are eligible for an HSA. Would you like to learn about them? And would you like to put money into an account and establish an account?" Mm-hmm. So we think there's many many people that have gotten HSA-qualified plans on the public exchanges that have not set up an HSA, and they could have and should have. Mm-hmm. Um, still could, actually. Yeah, yeah. they still can. Oh, but so it's but, not too late. Like, they could do it today. Well, right. It's but tax it, year by tax year. So they have to do it before April 15th of 2015 if they're enrolled during 2014. Got it. Uh, the, the, the point is, if you don't establish an HSA, you can't get reimbursed for medical expenses prior to the establishment of that HSA. Mm. So... That's the that's a big miss in this. Mm-hmm. There's so many misses in this public exchange environment. However, um, uh, the the one big one is is this uh, being able to easily sign up for an HSA. So you might actually have to take the next step, talk to the health plan that you've elected through the exchange to see if they've got a relationship with an HSA custodian, or just use the bank that you have. Uh, your account, your regular accounts with, or your mortgage with, or whatever. You right. know? Or go to one of the big ones that's national, Optum or Health Equity or HSA Bank. There's a bunch of them out there that do have really good accounts. So, so say you have um, this HSA plan, and or I'm sorry, yeah. Say say you have your high deductible plan, right? Yep. And you have to pay a thousand dollars for medical expense, right? And then say you have a scenario where you have this thousand dollar expense, but you have an HSA. Is yep. it? And and say you're taxed at thirty five percent. Is it fair to say that the medical the medical expense with the HSA is thirty five percent cheaper? Yes. Because you don't pay the taxes. So so actually, if you have a high deductible plan, it's cheaper for you exactly. just to have exactly even to pay and the so copays. And all that. works is you get the tax break when you make the contribution, mm-hmm. right? Right. So so as soon as that contribution is made, you get your tax break. You're avoiding taxes like you would on a 401k, or you're putting in, you know, sending that money to the bank like you're thinking about doing. You'll put that on your on the front page of your uh, uh, as a deduction to your next year's tax return. Boom, your 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 uh, uh, tax bill goes down by 35% of that amount, right? Mm-hmm. So now you've now got that money sitting in your account. We actually haven't talked much about this, but but that money can be spent. the The rules around spending are different around the ones rules around putting money in. So once that money is in your account, you can spend it on medical expenses anytime over the rest of your life for you, for your spouse, and for any current tax dependents. So if I put it in only on my solo plan, but I'm married, yep. any future expense like tomorrow for my wife, it could come out of my HSA or our HSA exactly. now. Exactly. Ah, interesting. So it's actually your HSA. They're individually owned. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets a little confusing because you can make a, a family contribution into an individually owned account. Got it. But uh, 
In, uh, HSAs are like IRAs. They're built on the uh, IRA plan. I mean, the, a lot of the rules are exactly the same as IRAs. And so they're individually owned. And yes, yeah, so the rest of your life, you can spend that money on your, um, on your medical expenses uh, tax-free, you, your wife, and any current tax dependents at that time of the, of the uh, medical expense. The other thing, though, is so the other side is you don't actually have to take that $1,000 out of your HSA. So you could have a thousand dollar, you know, go to the emergency room and you've got a thousand dollar bill to pay. You could pay that out of your pocket and yeah. leave it in your HSA. And now you have just built a one thousand dollar tax free withdrawal anytime the rest of your life. I just did this, and huh. you can use it to buy a TV or something. I, I've got, I've got like, I forget. Yeah, later. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've got like twenty eight thousand dollars in my HSAs, and I've and I. Um, you have multiple H- HSAs. Oh yeah, we both own multiple HSAs. Todd. I think owns a bazillion. How many? I own twenty-one HSAs. Yeah, but that's because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm monitoring what's going on with the HSA industry. Why well, do you? No. Why do you have so many? Well, well, we want to know the difference. I want to. I want to see the new websites, the new tools, and all that mm. kind of stuff. So the, it wouldn't make any sense to. You, it might make sense to own two or three, but it doesn't make any sense to own just as a just at the tax shelter, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's the same tax shelter. It's the same rules. It's just yeah. a different customer experience, and it's kind of fun to see how people. You know, differ on the customer experience. So right. I own several. Todd owns several, um, uh, and and they, uh, the I forgot my 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 point. You know, actually, if we did this show for a long time and you kept drinking your triple and I kept drinking my usual, <laughs> yeah. this could be like a HSA version of drunk history. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be talking about libertarianism and <laughs> getting all kinds of topics. It, believe me, we yeah. we'll talk about anything you want. <laughs> you know, I have a, I might have a stupid question. But if uh, you have this HSA account, do you get like a debit card with that? Yes. Okay. Can you use Not it for always. Dimatap? Almost always. Almost always. Most banks do. Some banks don't. But can you uh, use can it for Dimatap? Dimatap over the counter? Yeah. Uh, no. Like I can't well, use it to go no, buy it, like it, foot powder or something. Okay, on. hold on. Yeah, no, hold on. Let's let's be clear. Okay. You can use your HSA to buy yourself a big screen TV. Yes. Okay. Except. When the IRS at the end of the year says, tell us about your tax year, you're going to have to say, you know what? I took out $700 for a big screen TV, and uh, that's not a qualified medical expense. You'll have a 20%, uh, 20%, 20% penalty, penalty, and then your normal taxes on it. Yeah. So, so, but you still have that, that, that option. Now, what's really, really cool, now I remember my point, is that when you're 65 years old, mm-hmm. they do away with the penalty. Okay. So you could just spend it willy-nilly on like no. lawnmowers and stuff. At age 65, if I take out some money for a hip replacement tax-free, if I take out the money for an RV, I'll be taxed at my prevailing tax rate at age 65, which is going to be less than my working years. Mm-hmm. And an editorial comment here, you know, when George W. Bush, uh, after his when he was reelected, his first thing was, uh, talking about the privatization of Social Security, and everyone was like, no, you can't touch Social Security. Well, I guess, guess what? HSAs, in a way, privatized some of those funds that we would have put into Social Security, into the government, mm-hmm. into our own hands to invest, decide what to do with. So there's some of that kind of um, independence woven into this into this rule. Not that it's a, a, a not saying there's this bipartisan piece. There's support on Democrats and Republicans on it. But it was a Republican idea, and there is uh, 
there basically is a opportunity for people at age 65 to use it without penalty, which is like Social Security uh, privatization. Right, and and not that we would recommend that, but you know, it's because people are going to have. I mean, the biggest worry they have about their financial plan is they haven't put enough money aside for the out-of-pocket costs in healthcare. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this fidelity study every year. It's what it's two hundred twenty thousand for the average couple at sixty-five hundred bucks a year. You're probably not going to have enough to cover even your own out-of-pocket health costs uh, in retirement. But in the unforeseen event that you have too much in your HSA mm -hmm. and no medical expenses, you can take that money out of your HSA and live off of it just like at the exact same tax treatment as taking money out of your 401k or IRA. And do you roll it over? Do you roll it over into an IRA so you can have access to it? You'd want to keep it into an HSA because as long as it's in an HSA, um, you can still use it tax-free for medical. Got it. Right? So unlike money sitting in a 401k, you take that out to pay a medical bill, you're going to pay the normal tax rate and then pay the bill, okay. right? So uh, so in, back in, in your uh, initial example of where you got that $1,000 bill, you pay for it out of your pocket. Now you've got this 1000 bucks that you can take out tax-free any time over your life. So you could build that up to $100,000 worth of tax-free expenses and literally buy an RV with it. Yeah. And it's all you're basically just cashing in your receipts that you've kept for over the years. Now, you, if you get audited, they're going to say, well, I want to see $100,000 worth of receipts. And you're going to say, expenses, okay, here's yeah. my you know, suitcase full of receipts from the last 32 years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and some are you know, helping you keep that electronically and so forth. But uh, So that's why we're so adamant about in fully fund your HSA before you fully fund your 401k because it gives you many more options and it's still in the worst case scenario it's taxed the same way as your 401k. Yeah. Crazy. We, crazy we talked question. about we talked about that with uh, the mad scientist on episode 120 actually. He, call, he called it like the backdoor IRA. Yeah. I think that was his own term. Using but, and he was doing that exact thing you were just you just mentioned. So yeah, uh, I'm cool. curious say um and and I don't know because my mine's different uh but say you say you pay two hundred dollars a month for your health care and it's a high deductible plan yep through through obamacare whatever um can that two hundred dollars you pay every month come out of your hsa no no however if you leave employment and you elect cobra you can use your hsa to pay your cobra premiums your hsa can only pay a couple types of premiums like long-term care insurance and your cobra premiums and if you're on unemployment insurance you can pay your premium mm. and then at age 65 you can pay medicare premiums everything except for medigap the, so, the only so problem, like if ands but this. I, know, I know i know that's exactly. that's why you need todd's book and um, no so it was true there, this it book is. has got all that stuff in it it's not that much of a minefield if we were to simplify this and it it needs to be simple frankly doesn't life make things too complicated sometimes and then we're just in a moment of inertia and we don't know what to do, where to go? Yeah. For HSAs, it's really straightforward. Get a high deductible health plan because it's cheaper. Take the money that you would have paid an insurer and give it to yourself and do an HSA. Let that thing grow if you don't have medical expenses. If you do, you can choose whether or not you want that expense paid from the HSA or not or get reimbursed later. Mm -hmm. It is the greatest thing to occur and it's portable so for people that change jobs every five years it is a great type of flexibility it doesn't stay with the employer and these are where plans are going 
it, it, we've just celebrated the 10th year anniversary of HSAs. And frankly, really, I'm, I thought they were all there. So they're pretty new. Well, right. But 10 years is a lifetime. If you think about it, yeah. and we still only have in the United States, less than 20% of people that are on plans have some form of quote, consumer driven pro- program plan of which HSAs are just a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And there's been all sorts of estimates of how much of that nearly 20% is represented by HSAs, but let's just say somewhere around seven to 10%. Yep. Let's just say about seven to 10% of people with insurance have an HSA together. And this is after 10 years. I think that's an epic failure. Yeah. It has been the greatest thing that happened to us. And it's just like, people just don't, they don't do what they don't understand. They so, don't know. Right. right. And what we're trying to do, what Todd and I are trying to do is kind of be both evangelical and apostolic, you know, like spread the good news that this is the right thing to do and, and a good thing to do and also help others, you know, take that news forward. And, but there are, there are rules. Let the bank, the health plan, the employer deal with the rules. All you have to do if you're listening into this podcast is get one of these plans, put money into the HSA. It is yours and it is yours to use any way you want it. And if you use it for healthcare expenses, you've got the greatest investment vehicle that you've ever had in your life. Yeah. And we haven't even really talked about the health side of this. We're, we're talking financial stuff, right? You guys are financial, but it has really profound impacts in terms of how people uh, access the health care system, right? When you're paying out of your own pocket, I mean, the whole idea here is you're exposed to some of those costs with that high deductible and you're spending your own money. All of a sudden, you're starting to look at this stuff in a very different way. And I'll tell you, to be honest, most people are dragged into these things against their will. They hate the idea of a high deductible. Mm-hmm. I like the $25 copay. I like the Cadillac mm-hmm. plan. My, my employer pays for everything. Right? You know, And so it's just like a horrible idea. They can't get their head around it. But then once they get in it, once they start seeing how it works, that debit card is very simple to use. You know, They start getting that thing out of their wallet, figuring it out. And they start saying, well, wait a minute. Do I really need that fourth test? You know, why are we doing this? What are my options? I mean, if I need an MRI, do I have to use it at your hospital? What if I call around? All of a sudden you say, well, it's 3000 here, but it's only 750 for the same thing over there. And nobody does that unless they're spending their own money. Yeah, it's challenging the power of the white coat. The, the, the mass of people are going to rise up against healthcare and say, wait, what are my alternatives? What can I do differently? I mean, a big, a big quality of millennials is that they demand transparency. They want, to be, they want an open and honest relationship with bosses. Well, these things are forcing, these HSAs are forcing fostering transparency in healthcare. Because if I asked you guys right now, you know, what would you what would you pay for a pint of that triple if uh, beer you're drinking? If if one of you said, oh, 28 bucks, you know that that's that was that's way off market. Mm-hmm. But if I asked you, you know, what does 90 pills of Lipitor at, at uh, 20 milligrams cost, you wouldn't have a clue. No. Right? True. And so these things are forcing transparency because Normal people are saying, wait, 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 what does it cost? Wait, 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 what are my alternatives? What, what can I do differently? To Todd's point, and this is absolutely critical, here's your soundbite, we spend our own money differently than we spend other people's money. Someone really famous said that years ago. Yeah, I think it was 
Yeah, Milton Friedman. Einstein, no, Friedman. Friedman. Well, it's one of those guys. That's yeah, that's a tribute to. Yeah, that. I say. That's true. If you go to a wedding and it has an open bar, you drink more than it has a cash bar. You yeah. know you do. Everyone mm. does, and they behave differently. And that's what these plans are doing. They're taking healthcare and they're turning it into a cash bar. And people are going to say, "Wait a minute." I am going. I want to choose differently than if someone else was paying for everything. And if I'm on the hook for my lifetime health, you know what? It's time I started losing a little weight. It's yeah. time I started eating a little healthier. Yeah. It just it starts. There's something about thinking about it differently and spending your own money. And I'll give you the, the best example that we have in the marketplace today because healthcare is not a consumer experience, except in one area, and that's cosmetic. Um, or LASIK, you know, mm-hmm. LASIK is not paid for by uh, by your health plan. Yeah. So guess what? If you go into the phone book, you're going to see. Uh, there is no such thing as a phone book anymore, is there? Yeah, I have one. Oh yeah. So if you go on the internet, it's, uh, what, it's what kids sit on to get to the dinner kids. table, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's what <laughs> sits out on my porch. It gets soaked uh, by the rain. Yeah. So you go on and, and you look for LASIK. There's going to be three or four different providers. One's got the best technology. One did Tiger Woods's eyes. One did the most, you know, whatever. They've got some angle why you ought to choose them, right? Mm-hmm. They'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, how long the procedure is going to take, what exactly what it's going to cost. They'll take Visa or MasterCard. They'll finance it. You don't get your LASIK until you pay. Right. Right. It's a consumer experience. And guess what's happened to that market? Quality's gone out the roof. Prices come down because there's healthy competition in the marketplace. Any consumer-driven industry, prices go down, quality goes up. And that's what, what we have mm-hmm. at, at stake here for healthcare. I mean, our gross national product representation of healthcare in this country compared to others is outrageous. And if we get people empowered with the right financial incentives, the right information, they'll make different decisions, they'll change the supply side, they'll change how insurers do their business, they'll change how employers offer health care, then they will take back the night. They will lead. And when they lead, prices will go down, quality will go up. Yeah. Oh, and be, right now, there's only 5%, 10% of people on these plans, so they're kind of a voice in the wilderness. Sure. You ask a doc and say, you know, is this MRI, what's this going to cost me? He's like, oh my God, I have no idea. Yeah. Right. No one's ever asked me that before. Well, they're starting to get the question more often now. Hmm. But you know, if we have 50 million people on these kind of plans, they're going to get the question a lot. They're going to figure out, you know what, I need to start competing for this guy uh, as to why he ought to come to my MRI shop You know, uh, when people are spending their own money. And it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how people actually, there's actually studies that show people actually get healthier they're on this kind of plan because they start asking these kinds of questions. They actually get their preventive care. They actually do the follow-up. They take their, their pills that they paid 100 bucks for. Um, or more likely, they thought, my God, it's 100 bucks for that bo- bottle of pills? Yeah. Is there a generic? Yeah, it's five bucks. Good, I'll take that. Right, right. So I'm curious because I, I have one uh, thing that I'm concerned with with my HSA. Um, I know that uh, they can be sitting there in cash doing nothing. Yep. Uh, I'm an I'm an investor. I want everything that I have to be growing much faster. Exactly. But uh, I log into the portal of my HSA company. And uh, the the company name evades me. Good, lucky for them, um, but uh, I can't seem to figure out how to get them to put it into some investment. So, oh, so, ah. 
That's my why question, you want more than one HSA. <laughs> so, so I guess my question to you is, am I at the beck and call of the HSA company? They just may not invest it for me? Yeah. Um, and then furthermore, like, are my investment options limited by the investment company? Like I can invest in Vanguard's thing or in like Tesla or, you know, like how does that yeah. work? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there, most, most of the big ones, as I said, there's like 20, 25 scaled up. HSA providers that, mm -hmm. that really do this and do this well. All of them have investment programs. Um, most of them have a, um, a basically a 401k-like list of mutual funds from money market funds, bond funds, uh, balance funds, maybe some life uh, lifestyle uh, stuff. some lifestyle stuff, yeah. or I'm gonna I'm gonna retire in you know 2045 kind of funds, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. And um, you can choose what you want. Uh, they'll They'll maybe charge you a fee or they'll maybe require that you keep so much in the bank side for like working capital because usually the spending comes out of that bank account. So if you are using that debit card, they don't want to liquidate investment assets, you know, right, on right, the fly. Right. Uh, although some will do that actually. Um, but, uh, but a lot of the like, community banks, no investment option whatsoever. You know, so you're getting uh, one tenth of one percent on a money market checking interest rate. So let's uh, say I have one of these uh, community yeah. banks. Yeah. Am I empowered to take my HSA money and move it to a better one? Absolutely, absolutely. Really? So, well, so that's yeah. what that may be why. Well, let me let me take this one. So that may be why you might want to have two, right? So if your employer says I'm giving you that match, but I'm only going to put it into our local bank, right? Mm. And so, fine. Get your free money. Have them put it into that bank. Maybe that's your spending HSA. And I take it out of the back end and put it. And then you can do an IRA, like an IRA transfer, an HSA transfer, trustee to trustee. Go out onto HSA search. Find one that's got the, the investment options that you like. Mm -hmm. So most of them are mutual funds. Some of them will do self-directed, mm -hmm. uh, where you can go and buy individual stock bonds, uh, ETFs, whatever. Um, I mean, you can get a self-directed HSA well, where you then can let me ask you because wow. I want to say because I, I think mine sucks. I don't know the the company name. I think it sucks. Can you give me like two names of companies that are just fucking awesome that I could put my money in? I mean, I can move my HS money to. Yeah, well, I'll I'll give you the top five. How about that? Okay, cool. Uh, Health Equity out of, out of Utah just went public. They are a publicly. Uh, uh, run company now that, that does HSAs. Uh, Optum, which is a division of United Healthcare, I used to run their HSA. Very good HSA. They'll sell the individuals or to groups. Um, HSA Bank is a specialty bank. Uh, started out as a small community bank, and they focus on the HSA. It's a division of Webster out of Connecticut. Um, what are the uh, Wells Fargo has a very good HSA. Um, the other biggest. Ones, oh, ACS Mellon, you can't, uh, or Xerox, they're only for groups, so you couldn't go on an, as an individual. Some are, are only focused on, on group kind of business. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's, you know, those are the, the big ones that do, uh, JP Morgan is another one, but they're getting out of the business. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, they're selling their portfolio. PNC Bank, there's a variety of good banks out there that do a good job. So the, uh, this, this is an important thing I want to do to, to clarify on something so that everyone is clear on this. The, your employer, by matching your contribution, um, could in fact, like Todd mentioned, basically say, "Look, if you if you decide to pull your money and do put it somewhere else, we we might we might not give you your match." 
Okay, so they might say we will give you a match at the custodian we've got the relationship with right. with our with our employer sponsored plan. Mm-hmm. So I want to make it clear that if somebody thinks they can just up and take everything and shoot it to some other custodian, there could you could lose the employer contribution. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's there's what what yeah. you ought to do is rattle the saber, man, and just go back to whoever's doing this and say, where are my investment options? And if they're not talking to you, then rattle it back to the employer and have them start to question back to whether or not this is of, of giving you value. Yeah, so right. vendors out there have very good offerings. Yeah. Now, I, I have one. Oh, sorry, guys. Well, I just wanted to uh, clarify something real quick. Uh, if you have two HSAs, does that mean you can contribute $6,600? No. All right. So you're <laughs> in total, in total, but not to each. No, no. Thirty-three hundred as an individual is your cap, and that's he's, for he's all not married. Business. I'm the married one. Thirty-three hundred as a person, so it so I'd have to split that between two HSAs. Yes. Okay. Right. Got it. Yeah. Now, so you gotta I, make sure that you don't go over that limit for all of your HSAs from all sources, including employer contributions. What happens uh, if you do go over? Uh, then you have to. Uh, hopefully, you take it out before the next tax day. Okay. And uh, the, your bank or, will charge or, you a fee. You no, know, otherwise it's gulag time, guys. Oh, it's well then. Actually, it can really be nasty. Now, now you're paying. Uh, you have contributed too much to your HSA. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and you actually have to monitor the earnings on that over contribution for the rest of your life. Yeah. Ugh. You'd be better just to die. Okay. <laughs> Watch it here. Right. I, I have one last very selfish question. Uh, for for us, because uh, we're we're soon gonna be. I mean, we have we have our own company. We're doing a thing, and uh, we're thinking that maybe we're gonna get some sort of joint healthcare setup. Yeah, um, with an LLC that we have, you know, with an LLC and obviously high deductible because we're not, um, you know, millionaires, whatever. Uh, if we do an HSA plan jointly through both of us, um, will we save on taxes for what we pay to our employees? Because I, I think you had said something with Social Security savings. Yeah. And- yeah. So you are, you're charged a, mm-hmm. a payroll tax on the basis of eligible payroll. Mm-hmm. If employees take, let's say they make somebody makes fifty thousand dollars and puts five thousand to an HSA. Now working for this company. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no. they, they pay fifty. No, no. I'm just using a, oh, nice. an example that we could use throughout America. <laughs> yes. Okay. A generic round number. Yes. <laughs> so now normally. The way that Social Security slash Medicare tax works is it's like 15.3% of one's income Mm. that is shared between the individual and the employer. So that $5,000, when it comes off taxes, the individual escapes their federal tax on it, their state tax on it generally. There's just a few states that are holds out, like California, for example, uh, does not treat HSA contributions as state tax deductible. But it also comes out before Social Security tax. So that $5,000 times 7.65% equals, what, 350 bucks, something like that, mm-hmm. 300, 400 bucks, something like that. That is a savings to the employer, for, bottom line savings to the employer. For the for payroll. Cafeteria plan. So, so in some crazy hypothetical situation where my wife is an employee to our company, 
and takes her earnings from our company and contributes to an HSA, it'll actually be cheaper for us to pay her as an employee than if she didn't contribute to an HSA. You're talking about an employer contribution to your wife's account directly? So I'm, I'm talking like uh, as a company for, for Matt and I, would it be cheaper if when my, ta- when my wife collects a salary and she puts some into an HSA, we, we save money? You could. The, the best strategy is that if it's a couple mm-hmm. and you're on a family plan, that the person with the highest income is the one that does the deduction because it's the higher tax treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and not, not to throw a wet blanket over this, but for very small companies, closely held LLCs, which yeah. I think is what you're describing, we are. you actually can't run that through payroll. You've got to do that as an after-tax uh, deduction so you don't get that FICA savings. Right. Mm. Uh, so for partners of uh, law firms and uh, uh, certain business owners, there are some exclusions. Based, it's similar to IRA rules. And I, and I, I get paid tax-free now. So I get paid, and then I have to pay taxes at the end of the year. If I take that money that I get that's not taxed and I throw that into an HSA and max it out, that's money that I don't have to pay taxes on. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So, and all of this, you want to check with your tax advisor. Sure, of course. It's confusing. Mm. And, uh, but, you know, and, and part of it is because what we really have going on here is really, it's, it's, it's hard, it's very simple. It's a savings account that's tax-free. Uh, it gets you in a health plan that's cheaper and it engages you in every expense and you spend your own money differently than you spend others. But you, we're looking at health plan rules. Mm-hmm. You're looking at banking rules. You're looking at investment rules, all kind of meshed into one account. IRS. And so it does get a little bit tricky, but that's where um, a book like the HSA Owner's Manual can help you uh, sort that out. (laughs) Or go to your tax advisor or go to your employer, then they'll call me uh, to answer some of the trickier questions. And just have them just reach out to either Todd or I. Yeah, let's let's do some plugs. So uh, what do you guys want to plug so we can wrap this up? Well, both of us are in the business to change the world. Okay, we believe in that everyone should be in these account-based plans because then we will rise up and change healthcare as we know it, and people mm-hmm. will own the the experience. And we are far away from having healthcare look like Amazon.com or mm-hmm. or Zappos, right? I mean, we're far away from that, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there with 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 true pure market pressure. So we both um, we're believers. Mm-hmm. And so we, we both are independent consultants in the area of consumer-driven healthcare. Uh, I work with exchanges and health plans and brokers and employers and a wide variety of constituents. You can find me, John Young, at consumerdriven.com. Uh, it's just a splash, a splash page right now, but honestly, uh, I do need somebody to help me build out my website because I have a lot more to say than a splash page. Right. And uh, <laughs> that's how you get a hold of me. And then Todd will tell you what he does. Yeah, and I may just say consulting services. My, most of my business is around helping banks and uh, you know insurance companies, brokers, and so forth learn how to, how to manage in this space and make it easier for consumers. But your book is for the everyman. But yes, yeah, so I've got a book coming out. I actually have a website called Ask Mr. HSA. It's got a whole bunch of, right now it's, it, it is about to have a facelift. Nice. Uh, in conjunction with my book. My book is called HSA Owner's Manual, and it's basically aimed at the individual. It's not trying to sell why the HSA is a great thing, even though I think it is. It's more like, hey, you've got one. Now let's make the most of it. So right. it goes through some of these arcane rules. It kind of uh, puts stuff into uh, chapters that like uh, HSAs and divorce, HSAs and uh, uh, 
you know, there's some certain rules around uh, domestic partners, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then most importantly, it has a section at the back that talks about strategies. When should you have multiple HSAs? Right. When, uh, how do uh, things about being uh, investing in your HSA, things about HSAs in Medicare when you get to that age, there's some confusing rules around that. So it just helps people to kind of strategize how to make the most of that investment and, uh, and puts it in very simple, basic, uh, everyday language. Cool. Well, Todd and John, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank well, you. Thanks guys. for having us. This yeah, was fun. it's a uh, very enlightening. I'm now have to uh, wait till November to start it, and I'm definitely going to be searching for a uh, HSA qualified plan for for sure. Did not even que- I'm not even going to. That's it. And Hallelujah, said, man. We're, taking, we're taking one hill at a time. That's one it. at a time. Perfect. That's right. right. Hey, hey l- listen, if you guys have questions about this stuff, uh, we can pass them along to uh, John or, or Todd, but you guys can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com, and I'm sure we're going to have our stuff. Andrew already has one, so mm. I'm sure there's some questions that he can even ask or answer for you guys. So uh, do that. And if you like the show, of course, you should subscribe on iTunes. Because uh, that's where we primarily uh, do a lot of our promotion stuff. So uh, iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcasting app you listen to, make sure you subscribe. That way you can get our episodes downloaded to you every single day because we are seven days a week. And I want to read a quick review uh, from Gillamonster84, uh, Finance for the Average Joes. It was a five-star review from the United States. You guys are very relatable and personable. You give great advice and break down information in layman's terms. I listen to downloaded podcast every day so this person subscribes and thank you so much gillamonster 84 which is a great name <laughs> uh probably born in 84 uh one year after me great uh, and, that's, that's me right there. oh that's you 84, 84 right can I, just, nice. can I interject i think it's pronounced gila monster you're right it is <laughs> well monster. There, there was, there was a gila monster show you know where to, who to, who to call yeah it. <laughs> <laughs> there was someone who had a, 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 a podcast name. about it about there was someone had a review name it was E L space J E F E and Matt said it was El Jefe. El Jefe. <laughs> <laughs> I am cultured. I know how to use chopsticks. I know how to use things. I can say words. But yeah, Gila Monster. You're right. He Gila Monster 84. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a blast, man. And you guys can visit listenmoneymatters.com, of course. And we're gonna actually uh put a link to John's or uh to Todd's book. Uh the uh, HSA owner's manual in our resources box, uh, which is, uh, you can find at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox, which has all the stuff, books, and, and things that we recommend to everybody. And I think that's a good place to put that. So it'd be great. And that's it. So guys, thanks again. And we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Later.